Chopper Soup Convo, we back. I'm still playing NCAA football. Hey, man, I got Norfolk State. We we turning up. We are independent school. Just won the national title last year. Got the number one quarterback to come to me. Hey, man, we doing numbers. I'm about to play Grambling because I moved them up to D1. We doing it big. What's going on, man? How you living, Jamal? You You nervous, right? Nah, nervous about what? I'm living very comfortable. Nervous about the AFC championship game. You were saying you going you shook. No, nah, I'm not shook. I was a little nervous, but I realized that um the Chiefs they're like 28 in Russian defense and the way that Josh Allen was able to run all through their defense, I'm excited about that for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson should be able to find a lot of lanes. Dalvin Cook had a nice run last game. It wasn't even garbage time yet. And um, he had like a 19-yard run, his longest run of the season. He didn't even have a run like that on the Jets. <laughs> um, and I'm also excited about um, Kansas City's receivers uh, bobbling passes and letting Kyle Hamilton uh, pick them off. So I'm only a little worried about Patrick Mahomes' uh, creativity and his magic that he has when he uh, has plays. But other than that, I'm not that worried. This team isn't as good as they have been, so – so what's your prediction for the game? I predict that the Ravens will beat them by 14 points. And on the NFC side, who do you want to face in the Super Bowl? Uh, I want to face the Lions. They don't put no fear in your heart? No, nah, not at all. You, you'd rather face Jared Goff than Brock Purdy? I'd rather face the Lions than the 49ers. But the 49ers, haven't they kind of fallen off recently or what? I mean, I heard uh, Debo Samuel, is he going to play? He's hurt. Yeah, he's, he's, the real X, he's the real X factor of their offense. When he's not there, they're just a regular football team. Even Christian McCaffrey can't even, like, uplift him. Like, Debo's the guy. And then Trent Williams is also, like, a big uh, figure in their offense. But they just have a lot of names that I would just rather not deal with them. But at the end of the day, we smashed both of them already, so it doesn't. It almost don't even really matter. Hey, Amen. NCAA football six was the one where they started bringing up the punishments even more. And hey, I just got my junior defensive tackle. He keeps getting in trouble. His player discipline is a dead. Hey man, he got caught using his cell phone to get answers in an exam. Hey man, all right. <laughs> what the hell. Am I See, this is old school, man. I must have spent this. And I'm about to play Nebraska, see? This is what the game would do when you have a hot game. Yeah, get rid of one of your best players, nigga. <laughs> that win. Yeah, sick game. But, hey, man, I'm with you, man. I think the Ravens are going to win. Uh, I was, at first, I was thinking it would be a close game. But if it's a close game, then Patrick Mahomes is going to win. So, like you. It has to be 10-plus points, Baltimore victory, for them to be comfortable. So, Because even last week, the Buffalo Bills should have won. <laughs> but, hey, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. All I need is the ball for 10 minutes. I'm going to score, man. So, uh, of course, Tyler Bass, the kicker, missing the field goal, messed up a lot of things. Stephon That's Diggs, a problem we definitely don't have. Stephon Diggs dropping the oh, yeah. <laughs> That boy was under surveillance. Yeah, man. After Thanksgiving, he fell off. So now they're talking about the Bills might have to let him go and 
try to find a new number one. They People always, are saying they don't. They think he's overrated. Like I've been saying now. People realize I'm like, yeah, he ain't really. Well, he just can catch the ball. That's it. Because I mean, he led the league in receptions a couple years ago. When I the mean, Bills, when he got there, that's when the Bills' offense went up like four levels. You don't really respect that though, because that's what Michael Thomas did. Did he? How did he elevate a team? I'm just saying, didn't didn't like leading receptions is like it is great, but it's not all that to me. I'm talking about the Bills were a good offense, then they got Stephon Diggs and it became a great offense. All I'm saying is he's like I forgot who the receiver was. I compared their numbers. Damn it, I wish I could. Oh yeah, he's not better than Reggie Wayne. Well, you know Reggie I'll Wayne look at the numbers. Yeah, but it's different though. I looked at like one guy was a number two, and he has to be a number one. So it is. Oh, never mind. This is how you know I'm too geeked up. I went on Football Reference, but it's the soccer one. Reggie Wayne also uh, was a number one when Marvin Harrison left. Yeah, uh, when they got uh, what's that guy's name? Garcon, your big brother. All I'm basically saying is, you can say Stefan. You can argue he's better. All I'm saying is the fact that I can argue that Reggie Wayne is as good or better or compare them is my point. But it's not like Reggie Wayne stunk. I'm just saying, like, Stephon is better than Stefan Diggs. Well, you got to take consideration. Reggie, Reggie Wayne in the Hall of Fame where they've been trying to get him in the Hall of Fame. You got to take in consideration he played more years, but I still, like, kind of looked at how many. And he played with a, greater, with a top five quarterback of all time and yeah. he played half of his games indoors so I, made, I made it else well stefan did too on the yeah exactly you're yeah that's my point that indoor shit really helps but that's why i respect stefan Diggs. is that he went to the north pole and started even cooking outside he wasn't as good in minnesota as he was for buffalo because as you will recall in Minnesota, that was when Adam Thielen was really balling. So they were both going crazy. So it wasn't like you could say definitively that Stefan Diggs was that much better than Thielen because Thielen used to be clutch. Stefan had more big play capability. Yeah, he did. You're right. But I will say, like, I was comparing it as, like, how many thousand-yard seasons they have. And Stefan should have more thousand-yard seasons than Reggie Wayne. But, like, Stefan, like, and I think he's a good player too, but like I always say, like I just don't, I don't. He ain't. He don't. He's not like no Antonio Browns or no Larry Fitzgeralds, no Calvin Johnsons. Like, um, you know, what I mean, he's nothing like that to me. And to me, pound for pound, those are Hall of Famers. That's my. Hey, that's isn't he supposed? But people act like he's that like, you like to like. do, man. Who I've never heard nobody say that he's a Hall of Fame level nigga. I just heard that. I, I mean, how do you play? top five in the NFL or something. How can you say he's Hall of Fame yet? He hasn't even played that long. Huh? He hasn't played that long. So why would somebody say that over the last three, four years? He hasn't only played three, four years. When did he come in the NFL? 2015. So why about years ago? So why about so why about so why about why would we say he's a Hall of Famer in 2019? 2020. Like, why would we say that? My yeah. point is why you compare – that's that's my point. Why are you comparing him to Hall of Famers? Just compare him to the niggas. Compare him to wide receivers who, when I think of the ones that are that dude based off their skill set, that's what I'm comparing him to. I'm not talking about, like, the, their whole career. I'm talking about that, like, he don't got better hands than Leigh Fitzgerald. He's not – The Hall of Famer. Name some niggas in 2024 football. 
You don't have to always compare people to niggas that are dead in the NFL. And when I say dead, I mean not physically dead, but they retired. They out of here. I'm talking about people that I, like when I think of receiver, my lifespan of watching receivers, you don't remind me of them. And I was just about to say, pound for pound, I think that Devontae Adams is like one of the best receivers to me. I still think, um, not Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith. I still think Devontae Adams is the best though, period, from the Raiders. He's the best receiver still to me. But Devontae Smith, to me, pound for pound is like one of the best, like top three to me. If he had like niggas' athleticism and size, he would be better than everybody to me. But he doesn't. So that's why his organization got AJ Brown. They felt like they needed a bigger physical wide receiver to be. And that's why if you pay attention to what I'm saying in this whole thing, you'll notice I'm talking about the skills of these players. Devontae Adams is more skilled at receiver than Stefan Diggs. He's more skilled than AJ Brown. He might have he almost I think he might have even had a better year than A.J. Brown. He did more shit. Like, when you watch um, the uh, Eagles games, Devontae Smith is the one, like, getting them out of shit and, like, keeping them in the game and, like, making, like, bigger plays. A.J. Brown had 106 catches for 1,456 yards and seven touchdowns. He was also voted a pro bowler. Devontae Smith had 81 catches for 1,066 yards, and he also had seven touchdowns, but he's never made a Pro Bowl. Yes, he's good. He's nice, but it's just the way they use him. They treat him like he's the number two. Yeah, he is, but, you know, like you just said, like them Adam Thielens and all them niggas, sometimes they be the ones that, like, move the chains a lot, while, like, A.J. Brown is the big play guy. But, um... Yeah, I was just saying all that to say, like, people are starting to know. Like, CeeDee Lamb is better than Stephon Diggs. Easily. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are realizing Stephon Diggs is a is a dodgy guy. Like, that's somebody I could compare them to of now. CeeDee uh, Lamb, Jamar Chase, um, Justin Jefferson. There you go, 2024. See? Even though Justin Jefferson, I'm, lo- I'm looking at time him. Machine? I'm looking at him, too. Oh, because he, he got hurt? What, what did he do wrong? And I don't think he all that either. Oh, what is he? What's wrong with him? He's good. He's great. But like I said, you well, know, your voice is going up. You don't want me to compare him to those Hall of Famers, but he nah, ain't like nah, he, nah, say call, talk about his contemporaries, man. This 2024, man. You don't gotta use it. I don't care about the contemporaries. I'm talking about all time. That's what I'm looking at. And this is supposed to be the golden era of wide receivers. That's what people were saying earlier, because of how now teams dedicate so much of their salary cap. To these top number ones, we saw what Tyreek Hill commanded. We see Justin Jefferson's going to get paid soon, Jamar Chase. So I'm saying even this year's draft, I know you don't pay attention to the draft because you want to wait for them to come in the NFL, and there's nothing wrong with that. That makes sense. But I'm seeing a lot of analysts talking about how this year there's about to be a lot of nice wide receivers coming in, including – Marvin Harrison Jr. So we'll see. Like, that's why I think it's interesting because this is supposed to be the magic air of wide receivers because we throw the ball now more than ever in football. So that's why it should be easier to identify who are the special ones and who aren't. So, yeah, I agree with you, Stefan Dix. He's good, but yeah, he ain't, he, he don't put no fear in nobody's heart when it's hot. 
to me, the golden era for, to me was like uh, the AJ Green, Des Bryant, Julio era. Whoa, the twenty end of the two thousands, twenty tens. Yeah, like to twenty twelve and shit like that. That's when it was like niggas was balling, balling at wide receiver. Mm. I mean, I get what you're saying though. Technically, it is the golden era because it's more past. But like when I think of the receivers now, all I can think of is Tyreek, Jefferson, Chase. You know, AJ Brown is good, but you know, I always kind of like looked at him like eh. him and DK. They're kind of yeah, because like, you're a Titans fan. You're one of the reasons why he got traded. You guys didn't believe in him. Nah, because him and DK, they're like. They're like fake tos. They're not. They're not even Julio. <laughs> oh, this guy's dangerous. They're not even Julio's. Like Julio's close to to. Not them niggas. Hold on, check this out real quick because I remember. Look, this is how competitive it is in wide receivers. The Pro Bowl, see, the Pro Bowl is the only All Star game that matters, even though it's dead. Because baseball and the NBA. They do it mid mid season award. The Pro Bowl is the end of the year, so it truly is supposed to represent who are the best players. And the wide receiver position is so competitive in the NFC. For example, the Pro Bowlers they had four wide receivers: C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, and Puka. No one would disagree with that. But you notice I didn't mention Amin Ross St. Brown. And that nigga made all pro. So look at that. Someone that was all pro didn't even make the Pro Bowl. That's how competitive the wide receiver position is. And does it really oh. is that the really the all-star game that matters the most then? Huh? Then is that really the all-star game that matters the most then? If Amon Ross St. Brown didn't even make it? Yeah, it still matters. It's just hey. They have too many offensive linemen. That's what it is. They only pick four wide receivers. He's better than Stefan. Who? St. Brown. Yeah, he is. And then in the AFC, you have Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Jamar Chase were the four wide receivers that got picked. I'll put Keenan Allen up there with him. That's my point. Like, Keenan Allen's a baller, too. Keenan Allen is a baller. He's been putting in work for a long time. He just gets hurt, and we already know Mike Evans. Like he ain't on Mike Le Evans' level either. Mike That's Le the real baller. Mike Evans Hall of Fame. I've heard people saying that he might have to be a borderline Hall of Famer when you he look at how nice he's been for a long time. Automatically, he's already a Hall of Famer. See, so hey, yeah, easily a Hall of Famer. There's no argument in that. And then even look at look at your Cowboys. I mean, you guys traded Amari Cooper and tried to make him die in Cleveland, and he's balling, right? Yeah, he's balling his ass off. He just be soft sometimes. And like, <laughs> if niggas cover him too well, like he mentally checks out. Oh, is he like, that's what Kevin Durant be doing. If you get too physical with him, he's not going to fight for the ball. He's going to be like, all right, you got it, man. Yeah, like he'll get mad. I and hate like, that type of stuff. He'll kick plays off and shit. He don't like playing outdoors and shit. Oh, that's that you know, away games. You don't, don't like playing away games and shit. Like he's, hey, man, where's this brother from? He don't like <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's twice from Miami. That's why. All right. Yeah, but but yeah, no disrespect to uh, Stefan. He's still a great player. But oh, whoa, you can't say that. He's a great player of his generation. I just yeah, there you go. He's good. He's very good. Cause you can't call him a great now. Come on now. I mean, whoa, from sports. Uh, mind he is great, but like, <laughs> and yeah, in the grand scheme of things, he is great. But um, I mean, in his. And his wide receiver class, because from what you're breaking down, it doesn't sound like you would have him in your top 10 at his position. So that's why I'm asking, how great are you if 
you know how where where would you put him? Is he a top ten wide receiver? Let's see. We got Devontae Adams. We have Justin Jefferson. We have Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Ceedee Lamb, um, Mike Evans. Um, hmm. How do you say? Uh, I guess I'll put AJ. Oh yeah, okay. Amari Cooper. Nah, I'm putting. Uh, I mean, Mari Cooper is like a. He can just go off and get like 170 yards and shit, but I don't know. That one's hard. Like he, I just know he's in that Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen. Like, is Waddle better than them? Nah, no. Uh, Devonte Smith, you love him. Is he better than them? To me, pound for pound, yes. So, all right. So, how many wide receivers have you mentioned then? Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Um, that's four. Um, CeeDee Lamb, um, Mike Evans. That's six. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, seven. Um, I don't really – it's funny. I kind of be hating on Debo a little bit, but Debo's a baller. Just said he's the most valuable guy to the 49ers offense. That has to mean something, right? Yeah, he's just not my style of receiver. <laughs> so like whenever I go, whenever we, like physical wide receivers. Whenever like you I watch him and I like say if I root against him, he'll be going crazy. Um I, I just can't put him above Stefan, honestly. So I'm at seven. So now we got um hmm. Keenan, I'm putting I'm putting Keenan Allen above Stefan Diggs. But Stefan Diggs is top What 10. about Puka? What and about Puka? Yeah, you know I don't really Whoa, you're not digging the White Brothers? Puka's nice, but he gotta do it again. Um <laughs> true, yeah, this is just his rookie year. I respect that. Cooper Cup is nice. I just, Whoa, I just we started stuttering. I just I just don't look at it. Um I don't look at it. What does that mean? Hey, I just don't look at it. You're a football fan. Just don't look at it. I just don't. I just think <laughs> white guys. That is dangerous. I just think just because you like white and you can get open a lot and stuff. Oh. I just don't really like <laughs> it that much. But isn't that the job to get open and to catch it? Yeah, that just don't mean nothing to me. Oh man, okay. You gotta moss people and shit. That's what I'm missing too. A lot of. New receivers don't moss niggas no more. Like Maybe they don't have to be as physical, do they? Jerry used to moss niggas like hands on the ball in your face and your face mask. Like I don't be seeing those San Antonio Holmes catches and shit. I mean, that's what I'm asking is is are you not seeing that because of has route running changed or what's going on? Or is it just the wide receivers are not that physical anymore? It's more of a finesse game. Might just be more of a finesse game, but they just not as doggy as they used to be. Like they just like there's not really a hands guy I can think of besides Devonte Smith. There's not really like like Justin uh, Jefferson's a hands dude, but I remember there back like back in the days there was like the Moss kind of guys. You had like the guys who could jump, and then you had like the hands dudes, like the Chris Carter's, Larry Fitzgeralds, Anquan Bolden's. Like yeah, uh, isn't that what Hopkins was too? Was isn't isn't Hopkins? Oh, yeah. at, at, a hands guy? Yeah, he's a everything guy, though. True. Even deep routes? Yeah, he do anything. Okay. okay. Anything on the field. He was really, like, if he wasn't dying in Tennessee, he would really be up there because I still like uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I feel like 
the Chiefs or somebody's gonna get him. Somebody sneaky. Hey man, he's gonna re, uh, redeem himself. Watch him or Devonte Adams. Somebody sneaky's gonna get them, and it's gonna be a problem because Devonte uh, DeAndre Hopkins is it's not over for him to me. I would take him if I was a team like easily, but supposedly people didn't take him because. He has like a lot of baby mamas and shit, like real shit. <laughs> My dad said that's why the Cowboys didn't want him because they're like kind of racist. Oh man, shout out Jerry Jones, man. He's doing it big down there in Dallas. Dumbass, he could have had DeAndre Hopkins and CD. Stupid. Hey man, he, he got Michael Gallup, man. He that's all that matters. It's all good. And then he get Brandon Cooks, and he was cooked. But yeah, so people were saying that. uh Detroit and Baltimore uh, Super Bowl might be too black for the NFL. Do you agree? Nah, man. It's fun, man. Jared Goff will be there. Hutchinson will be there. I mean, Dan Campbell will be there. There'll be a lot of whites in the building. Justin don't Tucker worry. will be there. Yeah, don't worry about it. Harbaugh. Shout out to Jim Harbaugh, now the Chargers coach. Oh, uh, that's another another team in the AFC. Yeah, another problem for the AFC. The AFC is stacked, man. It's weird how the AFC, like, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, the NFC would have more Super Bowls. The AFC has three more, and obviously because of Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. wasn't like, just that, because even yeah, though you was, think about the Steelers and even Peyton Manning, the AFC be bothering niggas, the Ravens. And it's like recently. So, like, I guess in the 70s. He's been down. Yeah, it's the 21st century, just like the Western Conference been dominating the NBA in right. the 21st century. Mm, yeah, that's true. It used to be the NFC that was always whooping their ass. Like the Bears, Giants, Cowboys. Yeah, the whole NFC East whooped on the Bills, except for the Eagles didn't get none. But, yeah. So, that used to be a thing. Like, don't you remember as a kid? Like, Well, maybe you didn't hear it as much. But I remember as a kid, like, they'd be like, oh, the NFC. Like, even, like, the Packers whooping the Patriots' ass. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why it was a big deal. Like, oh, the Broncos. I remember when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Like, All right, finally the AFC. Oh yeah, that's another yeah another team that did it. So it's just interesting. Like in my like time of watching football, the AFC has always beat the shit out of the NFC. Like the <laughs> NFC was always soft, little finesse, cute niggas that was playing, while the AFC was real grungy and grimy, hard hitting, like stonewall defenses and shit. So it's supposed to be the opposite because. I don't know if you guys are aware out there, but the NFC is supposed to represent the old NFL, and that's physical run first thug football. Then the AFC was supposed to represent the AFL. That was the pass game, more spectacular plays, more jiggy shit. And it's funny because the AFC combined it because they do do the passing more better or just better, and then they also do the tough shit too, seemingly. Yeah, man, for sure. But uh, you have some haters you want to address. You think Lamar Jackson, people are preying on his downfall? Emmanuel Acho wants him to lose so bad. <laughs> if he loses this game, we're going to be able to say, this is what this is how much better. Oh, we're going to be better able to say he's waiting. Yeah, for we're going to be able to say, this is how much better Patrick Mahomes is than you. He uh, does this better than you. Like, that's all he like. Oh, than you? He was looking in the camera saying it? He is a big time <laughs> Lamar header. But he says if Lamar goes to the Super Bowl, then he has him number two um, best quarterback in the league. Right now he has Lamar at number four. He has what? him and Josh Allen ahead of him. Said who and Josh Allen? Burrow and Josh. So he has Patrick Mahomes, Joe yeah, Burrow, man. Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. I mean, Bill Simmons tried to do the same thing. He asked uh, his homie cousin Sal, who is the second best player in the NFL. He's like, Josh Allen, right? 
And then Cousin Sal's like, I mean, it's got to be Lamar Jackson. And he was like, oh, I guess. <laughs> he didn't want to give him love. <laughs> Lamar has to people are, still, people are still not convinced, man. I know. This because is a... of this passing. But I think he's improved this year. And that's why I mentioned to you uh, when we were talking about this a year ago when I mentioned, hey, is he going to lead the league in passing touchdowns? Again, the reason why I said that is because passing touchdowns is a big barometer in terms of what quarterback will win the MVP because, as we know, touchdowns are the most important stat in the sport. So leading the league in touchdowns gives you a big boost. And when Lamar Jackson won his first MVP, he led the league in passing touchdowns. That was a part of his all-time great season. This year, the MVP... You can break it down more than me because you were paying attention to it from week one to 17. But it seems like it was like a conveyor belt. Oh, is it Dak? Is it uh, Purdy? Oh, Tyreek Hill. What about if he gets 2,000 yards? What about McCaffrey? So it seems like Lamar Jackson won it because at the end he had hot games against big teams and he cooked them. Yeah, basically all the convinced because of that, because – he didn't have a st statistically dominant season like he did when he won his first MVP, but he is better. You can tell he's a better player now. He's basically, smarter. Basically, we're used to like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns a year, 45 touchdowns in a season type of numbers, 4,000, 4,500 yards, shit like that. And nobody's really doing that. So all the numbers have kind of been down this year. And we had like some outliers of ballers like uh, McCaffrey, Tyree, uh, Dak, Lamar, you know what I mean? So I feel like, like you said, the big games at the end made a difference and his record, his team winning the most made a difference. So statistically, he technically wasn't, he wouldn't have been an MVP historically. But yeah, most seasons he wouldn't. Yeah, he would have not been MVP easily because this ain't like no Drew Brees five thousand yards. And Drew Brees never got an MVP because that's how hot it was. Yeah, like forty five. I remember when Peyton threw for forty two. I thought that was amazing, and then Tom Brady comes through for forty five. Then he comes through for fifty, and Patrick Mahomes throwing for fifty. Touch like that's like. How real. many quarterbacks do you think threw for four thousand yards this year? Um, I think like four, Tua. Josh Allen, maybe Dak, I think did, and um, maybe Patrick Mahomes. The answer is ten, and Matt Stafford was thirty-five yards away from getting it. Also, oh wow! And then and then Sam Howell was like fifty-four yards away from getting it. Yeah, they was throwing it. <laughs> it's just hey, that's the point. It's like yeah, they threw it, but it's like yeah, it's two it, nigga. Niggas didn't believe in him, and they choked at the end of the season. And it's funny because when I look at these quarterbacks, I see why the position is so important because to play like the way they do, it's hard to win like that. Like to, to pass that much and have to win by passing, that's more difficult than what Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson makes the game easier because he can use his legs and it's less risky as well. Like Jared Goff and him have to be perfect. And that's why like those real good like passing quarterbacks get all that respect because – what Jared Goff has to do and what Patrick Mahomes has to have to do to win is harder technically than what Lamar Jackson has to do to win. Lamar Jackson makes it easier and makes it look easier because he don't have to throw 35 passes and he don't got to throw a perfect passing game. Like that shit's that's the 
a lot of level of difficulty to win like that. How many quarterbacks do you think threw for over 30 touchdowns this year? Um, 10. Four. Mm. And, yeah, and, and two, Josh Allen and Tua had 29, and Baker Mayfield had 28. Patrick Mahomes had 27. He didn't even throw for 30. Guess who led the NFL in passing touchdowns? Dak, Brock Purdy, two. Oh, yeah, you got it. Dak, number one. Brock Purdy was three. Jordan Love was two. This is oh. a starter. He so threw he more uh, yards than any Bears quarterback in history this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Chicago, it's too windy over there, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Take it easy. But yeah, man, hey, I'm looking forward to the game today. So that's gonna hurt. I said today on Sunday, especially the first game. I'm confused why the Chiefs Raiders isn't the primetime game, but they say they alternate every year between who gets the first game and the second game. So this year it just happened to be the NFC's turn to get the second game, but hey. It's cool because, hey, after the Ravens-Chiefs game, it's time to make moves. Yep. But, hey, let's talk about some music now. Um, Right now, I saw Icewear Vezo. He is teasing a project called Live from the Sixth. It's dropping February 2nd. He said the first single is going to be with the baby. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and, uh, what what do you think about Icewear Vezo and where he is in his career right now? Um, the reason why I'm asking is because earlier today we were talking about um one of Rick Ross's baby mamas. I think her name is Tia Kemp, if she I'm was, mistaken. She was swagging. Yeah, she was having fun. I like I like watching that video because she was two turned and I showed it to a youngin and I was like, yeah, see. Street music still can't be played. You girls can have fun with it. Y'all don't always have to look for twerk anthems and body popping songs. Y'all can swag this stuff too. Hmm. She but was. Man. I like her energy a lot. I yeah, know she's, she's tight. But I think, she, but I think, uh, I was like, yeah, I had to realize, yeah, she's from Florida. So she's used to sh- real street music. That's how she knew how to swag like that. Even how she was whipping the, she was whipping the joint. But, uh, <laughs> I feel like that type of sound, the beat that the young man was rapping on, and let me salute him, Boss Man D'Lo, shout out to him. I like his music. Yeah, he's on Alamo Records. He's from a small town in Florida called, uh, let me double check, Port something. Where is it? Uh, Port Salerno, Florida. So, it's a small town in Florida, Bay. Hey, he's doing his thing. And I think that type of beat that he rapped on, if you listen to the song called Get In With Me by Boss Man D-Lo, check it out. That type of production, I like to call it dungeon street music. Sounds like the Elimination Chamber music. Like if Undertaker was black, mm-hmm. walking out to these beats. It does sound like dungeon music. That's funny. Yeah, that's like awesome. that's that's the Icewear Vezo sound for me. Those yeah. those dark those dark chord progressions, the spooky synths he uses, like Jamal has mentioned asked me to be more descriptive when I talk about things, and he's right. I do need to be more descriptive because 
I shouldn't just generalize things. So yeah, that Icewear Vezos sound, like I mentioned, the, the dark chord progression, the synth patterns that he uses, how it always sounds like, like when you hear him, he just sounds like, I'm about to rob you, I'm about to shoot you, I'm about to stun on you. We are mm -hmm. not having fun together. Mm -hmm. And you hear the Iceland records, you know you're in trouble. So I think that that type of sound is what a lot of Florida rappers have been attracted to, like the Tallahassee, Tampa, real Boston, Richie, Lil Tyler. You hear the influence and the production. Of course, when you listen to their raps, it's still authentically Florida. They still being themselves. But I'm just saying the type of production that they like to rap on. It's definitely Bezo. Yeah. So what do you think about his career, his influence, and what do you expect from this project that comes out next week? I think about what I think about all the Detroit rap, or most of the of the Detroit rappers that they were grinding so long they didn't really get to get seen that by the time they got seen um, by the masses, they're starting to fizzle out a little bit because they've said almost everything on their way up. And I think that uh, the song that he had was it? Who was it with Topside? Who? Uh, oh, the one that he just put out with Coop. Coop. I mean, yeah. So the song that he has with Coop. He was rapping a little different, but I, it seems like he's still little trying to do what he used to do by making the same songs. But he has another chance to like to help himself out. But I think his career could possibly be in danger because his sound got taken up so much so badly by the Florida people, and even more recently, the women. The women yeah. are running through his shit bad. I just seen um Caribou and Anicia. He taught them young ladies what to do. There's even another one. Um, I got to figure out her name. I saw it last night. There's like a girl that literally copies Tyler more than um, Caribou and Anicia does. <laughs> like she does the same voice and everything. Like it was, I was shocked. But um, yeah, so I think his his uh, career is in a little bit danger because of that. And they've updated it while he doesn't really update. Yeah. The they, they made party anthems with it. Yeah. But um. I think that little Tyler influence and that Vezo influence is like is is very exciting for me. I'm excited for it. But yeah, I like the song he put out with Coop. It's called Porn Walk. Porn Walk. Hey, I've never heard a bad song dedicated to Lean. Even though I don't condone that drug, it does inspire people to make dope music. So hey, it is what it is. But he's he's talk about the features he's gotten throughout his career he has three songs with future but all of them are on elimination chamber joints and future he does his stop start flow the choppy flow which i think it's cool but that's not gonna get you bigger play he's one of the people that i said that's well he's not in trouble because he's future but he's in doubt to me that's an example he didn't do bad but that's an example of some people can't keep up with this style. And the people who can't keep up with this style, who don't have their own thing, we'll get into that later after I, after we talk about Bezel. But this new style, I'm I'm happy. It's challenging for a lot of people. And then um, what's it called? Up the Score with Lil Durk is the best feature, the best joint he had, man. Up the Score, it didn't do as... No, nah, it did do well. I mean, for what that type of song can do. And it was during COVID, like... That video had has over 29 million views. I think that's the most popular 
uh, Vezo's song technically through streaming, while Tear the Club Up with Future has 9.7 million views. So the people let you know that up the score was the one. And that joint is fire. Dirk went crazy. You know, Chicago, Detroit, they family, Midwest brothers. So Dirk was comfortable on that beat. And that joint wasn't as choppy as the stuff Vezo makes Future rap on. Then um, the little baby, he has a song with little baby that had also has a lot of views, but I didn't like that song as much. It was like for that one, he let little baby dictate the beat for me. And that song is called know the difference and it has 4.8 million views. So that lets you know, like even the joints with future were bigger than that one. And this is when little baby was the biggest rapper in the streets and didn't do that well. So to go from Little Dirk and Future and Little Baby to now the baby being your big feature, what does that tell you? It tells me that people still respect the baby, and I still respect the baby. I think people are just being mean to him. I think people just like controversy. Oh, he in trouble, so I'm, he he gonna help me. And he shot so people. Nobody. He'll, he'll always get features from street niggas because he sh shot people. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's already a thing. But also, I thought about it the other day. And I didn't think about it for the baby. I thought about it more for little baby, but now I'm thinking about it for the baby. I think they have a chance. This is an opportunity for them to elevate their career the same way Future did when people said that he fell off and they were looking to towards Rich Homie Quan and everybody else. Like we almost forget that people tried to cancel Future. They they were. I didn't forget it. I'm a Future people, fan. I didn't. People, forget there was a time people said he was like, oh, he done. He fell off. So that's what little baby's going through. Obviously, that's what the baby's going through. So, but the interesting thing is that in Future's situation, he had competition ready to get him out of there. They don't, because you know, rap ain't the same in that way. Yeah, no, at least for the streets, it's not, and for a lot of people. Anyway. Yeah, overall, because we've talked about this before, rap is more fragmented. Content is more fragmented, mm -hmm. so there is no competition. Like the pipeline of how Rich Gang was becoming the new wave in Atlanta with Migos. The, it's not the same. Or even how when Future first started popping, it was like, oh, who's better, him or 2 Chains? Or then even after that, after those years, then Designer comes out with Pen. Like, now, because the young people are not making party music and, you know, music that is going to get big play on the radios and things like that, it's like the older artists are allowed to last longer. Like little baby, there's no pressure because look at Atlanta. It's opium records, and then the kids that be yelling, like R5 and Glock 40 spaz. They're not gonna get no, they're not gonna blow up. There's 21 Savage and Gunna too. And that's about it. And Nudie. Yeah, and they've been around for a long time. And even we talked about the 21 album. It was cool, but it's not gonna elevate him as an artist, like his status. Mm -hmm. Well, to us it won't. To New Yorkers it will. <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah, he did sell over 30,000 the first week, and it looks like he might have the number one album again this week. So salute to him. And yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. You're going to be in New York City this weekend, so you'll let us know hopefully next week if you hear his music anywhere out there since you think New Yorkers love him so much. What I will say, though, about the Vezel shit is that um, I like that his production style is very cross-regional like chicago detroit and the south can all fuck with it and it's been like that for a while but i feel like this style more so um caters to everyone mm. 
more than just like your average like Zaytoven sound. True. Or like your Waka sound or Gucci's sound. Yeah. And the drill shit, it's like it's funny. The Midwest always makes stuff that people take the most, like drill. Yeah. And now this vessel. Even funk music, if you really want to go back, funk music, even the Motown sound. Hey, man. Even house, even house music and techno. Yeah, and techno, yeah. Keep going. There's something about the Midwest that, like, everybody fucks with their shit and can do their own versions of it and not necessarily have to copy it straight up. And it'll become its own genre. Like, there almost should be a name for this vessel shit. Like, it does sound like dungeon rap. I didn't even think about that, but it does sound like that illumination chamber street. Like doom and gloom, like you're going yeah, to the garage. If Kane was black, he would be <laughs> down to these beats. A lot of times though, when I was listening to that uh D Lo dude, I kept wanting to say forever roller. But, <laughs> but that dude, like he's my um artist that I'm looking out for. Yes, he's under surveillance. Uh, oh, you saying boss man? Yeah, boss man. I'm looking out for him this year, just like how I was um on Lil Tyler and Wiz having. I still like Wiz having um, but it seems like the Florida people at the top of the year, just like last year, they always get my attention. Hopefully, yeah. I'll see how long he can keep it. But this dude is he's fun as hell to listen to, and he's just all charisma and uh, yeah. <laughs> he pops his shit well. Yeah, I, I like this dude a lot. For sure. Well, since we're in the lane of street music and people, you know, that might be in a crossroads in their career, let's talk about a young man that I've heard of for over 10 years. Go Wait, ahead. Real quick, I just want to get into, like, build off the Vezo and Lil Tyler thing. Um, So basically, I feel like, as you said, Vezo has a certain production style and a, and a vibe to his music that was adopted by Florida artists such as Lil Tyler, Boston Richie, Wiz Haven, and Boss Man D'Lo. And then it also has lended itself over to Atlanta with the with the young ladies, Odysseus and Caribou. And I'm noticing that, to me, people like Kodak or Ross, not that they would want to, or like City Girls and Meg, I feel like it would be hard for them to like fuck with this style. And I feel like this style is making people better like Lotto. Lotto's early on the shit, like with uh, Rip It Out the Plastic, and then she's even on the Anisia song now. Yeah, but and that song, I feel like Anisia wasted her big feature with that. I don't think that song gonna do much. Maybe I'm wrong. It's not really a party song. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, it helped Lotto out more than it did Anisia because Lotto was going off on it. She yeah, was she did do her thing on it. Yeah, she got the Lotto. The song is called uh, Back Outside. they both from the south side of Atlanta. But Moretta might say that's not Atlanta. <laughs> no. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a cool song. Maybe it's a kickback anthem for the young ladies. But I just feel like this style is going to make or break people. Like, if this the South adopts this, um, like I said, I don't think everybody can fuck with it. Like, I don't think Meg can do it. I feel like Cardi can do it. She already did it. Um we would be out the plastic. So she already showed she can do it, but everybody can't swag and stop and let the beat breathe and then come back on and do all that cool shit because Future wasn't really doing good on his. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, he was getting confused. I like what he was saying and I like the stop start, but it did get redundant because he did it on all the three tracks. So it's like, it lets you know that, like you said, yeah, he can rap on it, but He's not comfortable on it like he is on other type of stuff. 
And he still went off on Tear the Club Up, but it just wasn't. That's the best one, Tear the Club Up. So I just noticed that that's something I'm looking out for this year. I just want to say that real quick. But Tyler, he better hurry up and, you know, get get to it before people take his shit, too. Hey, well. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's talk about it. Like I mentioned, one guy, he's trying to find himself in his career. He's been around for over 10 years. First heard him with Lex Luger. Then he went to jail. Then he became Free Bands. He's done music with uh, DJ Esco, 56 Birds. He's done tracks with everybody, Dirk, you name it, Thug, everybody. People have been giving him alley-oops for a while. He put out his debut album last year. It was underwhelming, had a lot of big samples. Oh, Lord. I know who you're talking about. He's on Epic Records. Now he has a commercial for Apple, and he's hanging out with LeBron James, going viral for getting cooked in Madden. Your big brother, Doughboy, man. I'm prevent defense on the one-yard line. Yeah, man. How do you feel about his commercial with Apple, and do you think that, hey, maybe this is a good thing, like, to start doing more music for commercials, maybe soundtracks, things like that, since doesn't seem like uh, his music career is going to pop the way he thought it would. Well, I also want to mention he did a song with Lil RT too, the little like six, seven year old who cussed uh, him. And he was cussing with him and stuff. Of course it was. Been a bad influence. But um, um, I think this commercial was pretty dope. When I first heard it, I thought it was Chance. Then I thought it was uh, Don Tolliver on the singing part. I was, And then I've noticed like um, my brother's, uh, his lady loves the commercial. I noticed that a lot of people like the commercial like based off Twitter. And then I looked it up who it was, and it said Doughboy. I was like, what the hell? I didn't even know he can do this kind of shit. <laughs> um, I actually went to go listen to the song itself because it's on Apple Music, and it's not a bad song, and I think this would be good for his career. Um, and it's pretty cool that he's signed to Future, and his biggest song is kind of like in the... A commercial? In the, in the lane that Future created, like the sound that Future kind of... Oh, yeah. Like the singy-songy rap stuff, but... um. And it sucks too because Doughboy actually makes good music. He's a good, he's a pretty good rapper. He's a pretty entertaining rapper. I feel like he's like a Midwest the baby without using as many words. He picks good beats. He does like that like NWA sample type beats a lot, a little bit too much. And um, but I think this would be good, and I just think it's a good win for free bands overall. Like it's just kind of dope to me that Futures artist has the one of the biggest commercials in the world. Literally, I see it every time I watch football. Yeah, it is on all the time. It, it is cool. And do you think he can try to parlay this, like having success with that sound? Do you think he should try to pursue that more to try to make a hit for himself? Um, If that's what he wants to do, yes, because he ain't going to get big with all that demonic music he be putting out. I mean, this nigga loves killing people. Yeah, he does. That's all he raps about. He's very ignorant with it. Like that's why I was telling my brother, I was like, I can't believe this is Doughboy. I was like, he's like the most shoot 'em up, bang bang, murder music ass nigga out there. He doesn't rap about nothing positive. He's straight ignorant, murderous, very low vibrational. He has an <laughs> album called Demons Are Us. And that's Southside. Yeah, Southside's pretty That's another person that's supposed to help him pop. But um and I mean, in the streets, I think he's pretty cool. Like in the hood ass clubs and stuff, they probably play his shit. 
Do you think because of this commercial, that's why LeBron played him? No, nah, LeBron's been fooling with Doughboy for years. You know, it's, he has. It's he Ohio. Has. He it's has. Ohio, man. And it's future. Uh, LeBron's a big future fan. Doughboy's from Ohio. So, hey, I think that's all it is. He has, but I, I don't know. It's just interesting that he did it right after that. Because like that walk down, the Doughboy's, the big song that blew him up, that walk down, LeBron was bumping that heavy when that joint was out. Yeah, he's always like Doughboy. That is true. He's always showed him love for sure. So yeah, that's his man's. But um, yeah, I think it's pretty dope. I know Future's happy. <laughs> and, um, the song, um, like when I would look at the commercial, I hated like the little plug singing. So I never <laughs> paid attention to what it was saying, but it made so much. Whoever picked that song for the commercial, they really knocked it out the park. Word. Cause it's about like the iPhone battery not needing to charge as much. So the, the mm -hmm. plug is sad that it's not using like the yeah. <laughs> and the words like just fit perfectly and it's like so modern and just sounds like the kind of rap music that white people like. Mm, nice, nice. I want to expound on that in a couple weeks. We did talk about it a little bit and you broke it down well when I asked you about end of the year lists, remember, and about certain albums making lists. And you mentioned how white people don't like to be stunted on and they don't like to hear black people flex on them and stuff. And it was very true because I saw this one young man, FD Signifier, he has a video where he says the real best white rapper of all time is LP and not Eminem. So I'm going to send you that video because I'd like to talk about that next week. But um, but Eminem don't flex. Exactly. And that's why he was able to spread. And he did rock rap eventually. So what, LP flexes or something? Nah, he doesn't. He's an average walking. You're going to see him probably in New York, just walking down in New York, living living hard. I probably know about him. Because Eminem has some clones that did really well. LP is half of Run the Jewels with Killer Mike. Oh, I thought, thought that was like a mixed nigga with like bushy hair or something. Nah, that's a cockazoid. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah, you don't know LP. It's okay. I he, run a jewel tie like a... He's super, super underground. You, you don't worry about it. Yeah, I definitely don't. <laughs> Let's stay in the Midwest, though, in Ohio. Kid Cudi, he's been a controversial artist his whole career. The funniest thing that happened to him recently was that Logan Paul and Rich Paul was saying that Kid Cudi don't represent Ohio and niggas don't even fuck with him in Cleveland, and he got mad. <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know about that? He had he had the Paul boys of Ohio, the the white Paul and the black Paul said, you ain't Ohio boy. That's hilarious. And he got mad. He said, just because I don't want to be in the club, just because I don't do this and do that, you guys think I'm not in Ohio? He got mad. Even genius had to say, hey, man, no, he, is, he does rep Cleveland. Come on. Dang, Lupe, I think, is the best one that's like, that gets a little bit of love compared to like how Lupe, um, Cuddy and Wale kind of aren't like the average street guy of their city. Mm -hmm. Lupe seems to get the most love out of those three. <laughs> Philly needs like a new like conscious ass nigga. I don't know what's happening with them, but Philly is because Philly is a murder capital and they never was really on that shit. It was just the roots popped off first. Well, not first because. The real people that popped off first was, of course, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, and shout out to Three Times Dope, and shout out to Schooly D for inventing gangster rap. 
That's Philly. So but I mean, Philly was the murder capital and DC and New Orleans. New Orleans even has J Electronica. Yeah, but he's a ghost, and he's a ghost, and he likes to wear his his thirty two golds and diss niggas while <laughs> bumping future. He lets yeah, you know the fake conscious nigga. <laughs> but yeah, Chicago and DC have Wale and Lupe and Kanye, and they're not. They, they were also murder capitals, but yeah, that's a good point. That's very true. Well said. You're right about that. But you can speak to it more than me because you have family in Chicago. You visited Chicago many times in your lifetime, and you will go some more, hopefully. Do your friends, your family in Chicago, do they bump Lupe, Kanye? Do they fool with them? Because I feel well, like from my experience, people look at him as that suburban red. Definitely not Lupe. I think they think Kanye is a little crazy. Yeah, I told them that, everybody. <laughs> I told them that like DC don't really rock a Wale like that. And this is one of my older cousins, so he was in his forties. He was like, "Why don't y'all like Wale?" He's like, "Man, I like Wale." Like he actually said he liked Wale. And he was like a gang member too, so it's not like he's like no. Yeah, yeah, street guys. I've no street guys that like Wale. I mean, he's obviously twenty years removed from it. Yeah, yeah, but still, that, 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 that doesn't leave you. But Especially yeah, he's not over there. That don't leave you. It's like being in a fraternity. It's forever. But he was like, yeah, well, they don't like Wale. He's like, man, I don't like Wale. So he, I think people other places kind of like Wale, but. I mean, I like Wale. You know I, mean? I like Wale. He did get living in Washington. He got a lot of love. When I was over there, hey, when I was telling people I'm from Northern Virginia, they're like, oh, like the DMV. Yeah, I love Wale. He's and, the number one DC rapper of all time. And yeah, he is by far. And he would have, a, Wale would tell you, he would have a lot of shows in Washington. And it goes up like Washington, Seattle, especially. That's like an underrated music city. Like they really are hip to stuff. But nah, yeah, so Kid Cudi and Sano, we we talked about the track list a couple weeks ago. The album dropped 21 tracks. What are your thoughts, man? Well, I listened to it, but, you know, I didn't go back. But production, <laughs> production was cool. Can you, before you continue, may I ask you this? What's the last album that dropped that made you want to keep listening to it? Because it seems like a lot of stuff are one and done. And I agree with you. A lot of stuff are one and done. Last album, I would say Ganger. Okay. Um, true, true. Uh, yeah, I would say Ganger. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's probably Rhythm and Bip. Yeah, kind of. Neonte and them a little bit. But yeah, I would just easily have to say Ganger. True. And even that, even that, an album that you really loved, it still took you four months to listen to the deluxe. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I mean, I was listening to Quavo's album a little bit. He had like four or five songs that I really liked. Jay Worthy's joint with Kamai was cool. El Custo joint was cool. Sideshow shit was tight. Um, All the singles that all Black has put out. I like all of those. He hasn't really. dropped the tape yet? Nah. He what dropped, is he doing? I don't know. He dropped all that. Randy Moss, Vince Lombardi. Uh, I like all them shits. Which yeah. one is the song that got Fat Boy SSE mad at his girlfriend for being in the video? J-Dub Flow. I like that song. Oh, yeah. That's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't even notice that that was her until after the controversy. I was listening to that song for at least like a, two weeks to a month, and then that. Yeah, I told you about that. I was like, yeah, this is the this is the most attention all blacks ever got, and I thought I was hoping it would help the song go up more, but yeah, it didn't. Yeah, nah, he's too West Coasty, bro. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I've been trying to listen to Ken Carson joint. I've been kind of fooling, keeping my eye on opium lately, and um, it's cool, but and I like destroy a little bit more, but I just feel like they're they're where Cardi. Probably would have been if he would have stayed with Fonny and them because Fonny got some heat that he'd been dropping too, like over the last four. Yeah, months. I've been bumping Fonny. Fonny's still focused. He got some beats that are stupid. Yeah, like, he's crazy. But um, I look at I look at uh I look at Ken Carson because like I've been telling you and Osei of uh shout out Osei of Rain Culture, I've been bumping that album and I like to look at him as. He is like a, he has like um, flexor tendencies. He, of course, he plays with the street rap stuff, but for me, he looks like he's kind of like the combination of the 808 mafia stuff with the opium aesthetic. That's why he talks about, yeah, don't you guys know Lil 88's my cousin? He's talking about TM88's little brother. So, like, yeah, that's really his people. That's why. On like older interviews, you'll see him like he talks about like, yeah, man, me and my cousins, we used to be in the studio all day and then go send Southside stuff. Then we'll have to go. He's like, yeah, I was there when Future made 56 Nights and all that stuff as a kid. So I think with his style, like I agree with you. I like Destroy Lonely more, but I think Ken Carson, what he's good at is. His ad lib work, the way he phrases things, his cadences, they're kind of cooler. Cause Destroy Lon Destroy Lonely, he raps like he knows he's too cool. That nigga be taking it easy. Ken Carson is pretty dope. Like I like him, but I just feel like I look at it like with Cardi being around, it's hard for me to go there. It's like how I, <laughs> I look at it's like how it is for future with me. Like I don't really go, I didn't really have to go to the Migos or go to Lil Baby. You know, I would go to thugs still. Like, so I, I would say, like, Cardi's like the future and they're like the thugs. They're like close in my uh, interest, but like, I'm not about to really like live in that joint. Like, Cardi does cooler stuff musically than them. They're kind of more like, that's why it's kind of cool that Cardi has them. Cause if you want, or like, they're like the gunners to like thug, you know, like people love thug. They think he's so amazing, but I've like gunner more for a yeah. long time now. So, but that's the cool thing about Gunna and Ken Carson in their roles, because you can tell Gunna keeps Thug fresh with how stylish and smooth he is. That how that influenced uh, Thug, especially on the So Much Fun era when he's doing stuff like hot and surfing with Gunna. The same way with Ken Carson, because of his work as a producer and being like Ken Carson was get get working with Out of Town and Starboy. And those producers before Cardi. And he was the one that was called himself TNX and was making those beats before Cardi. So, like, he's basically like a demo version of Cardi. Like, all right, Ken's doing that. It's working. All right, I can do it. But that's why it is cool, like you've mentioned before, how Cardi is now kind of reverting to the early 2010s Atlanta stuff. Like, all right. Ken Carson's doing a good job combining the trap music and a rage sound. Let me go back to old Atlanta rap now and get Cardo to make me beats. 
and it's also um but in the song I want to mention too, speaking in like this lane, Bonnie, the song was called BIC. It came out three weeks ago. Yeah, I've listened to that that I've listened to that whole project. I forgot to mention it. That project is really good. It's probably the best Bonnie project in like five, six years. That pro yeah, he's back on his swag. And that beat is just hard. Like it's yeah. tough. But I will say though, I can see why Cardi even though, like, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but I can see why he wanted to branch off because like, he did grow as an artist compared to Fonny. Fonny's still tight, but it's just, like, not, not, I'm not even talking about content-wise, but, like, stylistically, it's just a little more um, comparable to what other people are doing while, while Cardi's shit, he gets to stand out on the stuff that he's been doing since, like, Die Lit and, like, Whole lot of Red and shit, so. But... Yeah, man, I've been getting my ears to the streets more often. I don't know if you notice. Hey, man, that's good, but we we, we supposed to be talking about Kid Cudi and Sano. Man, that's crazy. Anyway, oh, the, the album wasn't that fire, man. The beats all the beats outshine him. The features yeah. pretty cool. I, I like that he didn't trick me and call the like have the titles be like bounce all about the bounce or whatever it's called, and it, it actually was all about the bounce. But like, oh. to me, he was just like. He raps kind of like a white guy, like yeah, like, trying to like just do kind of what's what he thinks is cool, bubble the bubble the Like he's just trying to like he's just oh, he's making a bunch of sounds like the baby. Hey, how'd you do that? He's just like making a bunch of like sounds and shit. Like you can tell he's not really he never really was a good rapper. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting that he was able to have a fan base as he has because he's really not like a wonder. What do they call it? Wonderlit kid whatever you call it oh, wonder kid hey man he's really not like that talented to me most he's rappers wonder aren't wonder kids wonder kids are is unique it has I'm to be an artist in general like he's I, okay he's so very raw and he's really not that talented but he hummed well and his shit was different yeah but tell the truth man it was the magic of the melody and the production was very interesting early with dr genius and yeah it was that and he copied Kurt Cobain. Well, that's when he started to fall off. Yeah, it is, but that's because the first two men on the moon it was no Kurt Cobain shit. But this reminded me of like um a kid named Cuddy and the uh, the other one we just talked about like a few weeks ago. And the cut is fun, melodic, and his rapping is way better on that than this. But you but are putting about how Kid Cuddy was never a great rapper. That's why I was turned off by Man on the Moon Three. Because he's rapping too much on it, and it's not just strong. Suit. But I feel like if he would have did this earlier, like when he tried to do Kurt Cobain, if he would have went this direction, like kind of picking up from what Travis like created for him, because I feel like Travis like helped him, helps him stylistically when he does this. Travis and messed him up. Travis told him to keep to rap, and that's what made Man on the Moon three rap whack. And Travis was it like this type of production though? Nah, it wasn't. It was different. He was okay. working with Take a Day Trip and other people, but there are some cool songs on it. But um, even Travis, the one of the reasons why Utopia is whack is because he kept rapping on it. That's not what y'all do. Yeah, Travis is seeming, he seems kind of, like on 21 Savage album, he did okay on that, but he's like not, he's going away from like the shit that I like from him. I yeah, he like, wants to rap. He, he better, she better relax, but... People Pay attention to the criticism. They they don't want to just be looked at as vibe artists or in Kid Cudi's case, sad man music. I mean, yeah. 
But I feel like if Kid Cudi would have did this type of shit, um, by the time he started doing all that whack ass Kurt Cobain shit, <laughs> he would have had a better career and he would have been a more of a healthier career. Because I feel like now he realizes I should have fun. I shouldn't. I feel like he. I'm just making this up in my head, but I feel like he hates on like Atlanta and Future and shit because they sing too and they like probably really got him out of there with like mm-hmm. different crowds. And now he's like trying to like tap into what they did over like the last eight years and what they did over the last eight years isn't even that in the forefront anymore. So it's just like, yeah, man, you should have been doing this type of shit because it's not bad to me. It's just like, you know. Yeah, it's cool. Nothing out of nothing special. Uh, but it is cool. Like I mentioned, let me look at the track list again. Um, because I mentioned it was pretty good to me. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it's not a terrible album at all. I was waiting to listen to it again because he teased the deluxe, but then nothing came out of it. But yeah, um, like I mentioned at the party with Pharrell and Travis, I like that song. That beat is hard. Mm-hmm. Um Electro Wave Baby, that joint's dope. I like uh, Funky Wizard Smoke. Rager Boys with Thug is cool. Uh, Hit the Streets in My Nikes. The outro is cool. Uh, Cud Life, that joint's solid. Most Ain't Dennis, Keep Bouncing. Like, yeah, it's a solid project. 21 songs is too long. If it was like 14 songs, it would be way better. But I like my favorite Kid Cudi project, I would have to say, is... Probably a kid named Cuddy and Indicud because he combined his sadness and his fun stuff and his introspective song and even making cool songs for girls. I think those albums did that the best. But of course, what made him famous was his sad boy movement on the Man on the Moon series. So it is interesting, like how he tried to pivot from that darkness and then he made Indicud, which was his fun album. But then that's when he went more into the rock sound with Wizard and Speed and Bullet to Heaven and all that stuff. Stinky. <laughs> then he made um a project. Uh, I forgot what the joint was called. Um, it was like the joint with Balmain Jean. Like, see, that song should be a massive joint for Kid Cudi. Uh, Balmain Jeans with Raphael Sadiq. Oh, yeah, dropped 2014. This was Satellite Flight, The Journey to Mother Moon. Like, yeah, this project should have been bigger, but it's because I think he was off good music. And at that time, the promotion behind him wasn't the same. But, yeah, once he left good music, he left the mainstream. And, yeah, he kind of faded away. But I do like Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying. That's a good project. That is also kind of a good combination of fun and the sadness but this song, album doesn't have much sad stuff right no nah. yeah maybe, maybe the xxx song was but yeah not really did you like wayne's performance on the album yeah i don't really remember it but it was from what i remember <laughs> it was pretty good okay do you remember his verse on what's that baby with 40 with rob 49 oh yeah that was tight yeah i like that verse I haven't heard him be from New Orleans like that in a long time. Oh, it's funny how one uh, I saw like a someone tweeted that, "Hey man, he turned into a hot boy fast." Edron was mm-hmm. autopilot. He's like, "Oh, New Orleans, we got a hot rapper that's on the rise." I'm going back to my roots. <laughs> they haven't had a hot street rapper like this in a long. Yeah, they haven't ever since uh, 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably because um the homie that passed away. Greatness. Yeah, it was more so one song than actually him. Yeah, Rob he was kind of has a real movement behind him. And he was singing and shit. Rob 49 don't sing. Yeah. And that, hey, that's a good segue for a question I have for you. Also based on Icewear Vezo and the and uh Doughboy. Traditional rap. Outside of 21 Savage, how many successful traditional rappers can you mention? And when I mention traditional rap, I mean people that don't rap with melody, you know, they're not sing rapping. How many successful? Because I think that's another reason why I swear Vezo struggles. Well, not the biggest thing. I think a lot of it does have to do with he's not trying to have fun. But how many non-traditional rappers are popping right now in 2024? Anicia, Tyler, Caribou, um, Lotto. Yeah, the up and the up and come. Okay, Lotto, she's a star. Twenty one, he's um, a star. Ludie's doing pretty. Yeah, good. he's doing. He's his profile's going up. Um. That no name girl, even though these girls now nah, no names melodic as hell. She sings. Oh no, okay. Um, yeah, that's all I can think about. But it's funny because I don't listen to singy niggas like that. I like ganger shit like that. Yeah, but that's why to bring back traditional rap to pop on another level, and for Michigan also to pop up, these has a lot of responsibility. That's why I was asking you, what do you think about Warner Brothers, like? Him signing the Warner Brothers is letting you know that he wants to take that next step. And that's why I think it's interesting that one of the songs he's released since he put out the deluxe to Gangers, ATL Freestyle 1, which has both well, ATL Freestyle 1 and ATL Freestyle 2, they both have Rob 4-9 and Lil Tyler on it. So it seems interesting to me that he knows, like, all right, I'm going to hang out and make songs with the other niggas that are popping that don't do melodic rap. I think that's smart. He was also on Pooh Shicey album, too. He killed that verse. Yeah, he did, Making a Mess. That's one of the first times a lot of people heard of him that weren't aware of the Michigan scene. Because I, um, I did notice a lot of people fool with his joint on that. But I feel like you know, uh, Warner Brothers is just going to let him be currency. Yeah, I think they will let him do his thing. They're not going to police him. But, um, yeah, that's interesting that he's with them. But, yeah, I don't really listen to no singing-ass niggas. I don't listen to uh, Rod Wave. and I know Young Blue better hurry up because I forgot about him. Whoa, Young Blue. He had a big year that one year. Yeah, people have one year. Sometimes Murray, quicksand, he's out of there. <laughs> quicksand, quicksand. Yeah. Yeah, Ron, got those boys out of there. Duran, Deshaun, Duran. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a few uh heavy set brothers. Oh, heavy set singers from the south. Yeah, church boys, but <laughs> and yeah, Young Blue better hurry up. He had a he had Drake on the remix. Like he had a big song. Like he needs to come fast. Pause, because <laughs> hey, I don't know what's happening. Like he, I forgot about him. I totally forgot about him. Well, shout out. Let me salute this person because she, I look at her as a traditional rapper when I first heard of her, but she made that, finally has the hit that people seem to love, and that's Flo Millie. 
Never Lose Me. It's now the number 37 song in America. Mm. And it's interesting that she started her career blowing up off a cover of rapping on Playboy Cardi's song Beef. And now on this, she's blowing up rapping on Ron Artest. Dang, see? Michigan niggas had a song that was hot. She took it and make it even bigger. Is Michigan good at doing that? Helping niggas? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Glorilla and Sexy Red are pretty successful. Yeah, yeah. They're traditional rappers. That's true. Now, how do you feel about this song, Never Lose Me by Flo Millie? She also has versions with T- Bryson Tiller and Little Yachty. I've seen people say that they like the Bryson Tiller version. But the, the little Yachty joint, you know, that's... But uh, how do you feel about Flo Millie finding a hit? I, I like the song, too, by the way. It's cool. It reminds me of, like, Yachty, Tia Corinne, Spacey stuff. Mm. So that's what it reminds me of. So, um, so it's cool. I, I, I barely heard it, though. But None of your fr- young lady friends like this song? I've seen it. For some uh, reason, I'm not... For some reason, I don't really be crossing paths with like the musically inclined girls. I'll be hip, more hip than them. But you, you, you should be more involved in the DJ network, man. You should be in group chats talking about music all day. I do, but it's so fragmented. You got like niggas who only like I'm a piano Afrobeats. That's all they play at their parties. Like mm-hmm. they have nothing but parties or just that. Then you got like the niggas who just only want to play early two thousands nineties R and B. Then you got the people who are just all spacey trap sound cloudy it's so fragmented yeah that's life today dang so no you don't know nobody that likes this song i've seen a lot of young ladies use lyrics of the lyrics of this song as their captions as well nah it hasn't really it hasn't really touched me like that mm. probably gonna play it this weekend though i'm playing all kinds of crazy shit this weekend in new york well one person that I used to compare with her was uh, Rico Nasty, because just like Tia Corinne, I feel like, yeah, Rico Nasty, she's like an archetype for this type of female rapper. That Flo Millie is also one of them, Tia Corinne, where, and Kenny Beats likes to work with all of them. So he sees similarities in all three of them, too, that, you know, they have a more brash style of rap. They're more in your face. They're not selling sex. They're not trying to, you know, only talk about their bodies. That's why the irony of this song is that it is finally Flo Millie being sexy, and it worked. And Flo Millie used to literally sound like Rico Nasty. Word. I wouldn't wouldn't disagree with that. The old Rico Nasty before she went super rock and roll and shit. (laughs) Yeah, she went too spaced out. And that should have worked for her on that Cardi tour. I don't know why they didn't like her. Well, because, you know, some of those, a lot of Playboy Cardi fans are incels, man. They don't like women. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're weirdos. Love Cardi more than me. Yeah, and that's why, that's why it's a big deal for Playboy Cardi. You better start making songs that girls can have fun to, boy, before you get too weird. I don't think he really cares. (laughs) I think he does. That's why in, in Evil Jordan... He has a young lady dancing and having fun to it. He knows, like, hey man, I gotta, I gotta show them how to have fun in my shit. Yeah, because he used to have like Bryson Tiller on songs and songs with Nicki. 
that's just on dial it though but you see it's on one album so that lets you know and that's why it's looked at as his debut album that might have been the label saying hey nigga you need to have you need to have songs that girls can like <laughs> the label might have told him that and sexy girls too not like tomboy girls yeah exactly not caribou's girls that listen to Nicki minaj so hey man but all right man I think we done, man. You got any other thing you want to discuss? Are you good, man? What's going What's going on? Hmm. I don't know, man. Let's see. Now I feel like we kind of covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, man. I think we did on my end as well. Uh, are you going to watch the Shannon Sharp interview with uh, 21, 21 Savage? Yeah, it'll come across me because I end up watching all his stuff. I actually love him and Chad's show a lot. Like, yeah, that, the nightcap is dope. That joint's in my the background of like my life a lot, like because YouTube just plays it and shit. So, yeah, like, yeah. On not hear what they be talking about, and it's just funny. Like Shannon, you can tell he loves his new fame and yeah, <laughs> he loves his new clout. Hey, he's going crazy. Chad lets him just talk his shit, and I like that Chad is like more reasonable and more like flexible. <laughs> Follow me now. Hold on. Follow, stay with me now. Stay with me. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Come on now. Uh, now, uh, now, now, Chad, I, Ocho. Now, how you going to do that, Ocho? That's all he do is ask you a question. And, and, nah, but and, it's true because Chad be too nice. trying to. He don't want to criticize nobody. And it gets Shannon Sharp mad. Like, hey, man, we in media, bro. If you really want to boss up. Because I be, I, I be noticing, you know, they're still getting used to each other. It's not like they're friends. But they respect each other. I'm sure they've known each other for a long time, but I don't think that they're real homies, but they're learning each other out. So I, that's why I like to see the dynamic grow organically as the show evolves, because I noticed like you, you people when Chaz, I like, man, can you put me on first take? Can yeah. And then like, man, I just got there, man. Hold on. You got to ask Jimmy Potaro, Stephen A. Like, he's like, all right now. He, I can tell he's like, hey man, we what we do over here is tight. Don't try to put on first take now, so Stephen yeah. A can steal you from me. Not because Chad is good. Yeah, he is. He's good. That's why he does inside the NFL. That's the number one show for NFL tactics, uh, along with uh, the NFL joint NFL Live on ESPN. So Chad, he definitely knows his shit. And of course, he was a great player. He has he has a fun, charismatic style about himself but when he comes to breaking down the game he's one of the best at it so that's why it's fun to see their dynamic and as a person that's trying to learn about football I think they break it down well for someone like me to understand because they can go real I like it when they really go deep into discussing certain things about matchups and oh how to exploit certain things and Chad talks about oh yeah and when you're in this environment, on this type of field, you have to run your routes differently. Like, I like that type of stuff. Like, that's what I want. But I'm a diehard football fan. Yeah, I said it. I'm a diehard football fan. That's crazy. <laughs> the roots. You used to love football growing up. Yeah, exactly. That's why I had to come back. I'm an American, man. What's you always going? come back. You always going you on. Stay away. You stayed away for a long time in the 2010s. But, like, since, like, you came back. Lamar Jackson brought me back. You came back, then you left a little bit, and then you came back again. Like, you keep trying to leave. Yeah, I can't. Lamar, that's why I need Lamar to go to the Super Bowl so I can get 
a Baltimore Ravens jersey with the Lamar uh, Super Bowl joint with the Lamar Jackson. I need that. Why is Lamar the one bringing you back if he's like not that good of a passer and stuff? Nah, because 2019, the year when he won the MVP, that's what made me watch football. And I wasn't watching the NFL. I was literally just watching Ravens games. That was the greatest thing about living in Washington. Not the greatest, but one of them is up. Up, 10 in the morning, up, NFL, Baltimore Ravens. But what about him makes you watch it, though? He's Michael Vick, but better. He's Michael Vick if he gave a damn. Without Michael Vick's true arm talent. You don't think that's, like, lower-quality football? Nah, it's higher quality because he's Michael Vick if Michael Vick gave a damn. That's why. Wow, people with his arm. Huh? He doesn't wow people with his arm. Yeah, but he wows me with his decision making. Mm. And that involves his arm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, he don't have, like, he has a strong arm. I, I like when, what, bro, when him and Hollywood Brown used to be together, oh my goodness, they used to have fun. Especially 2019. That's why I like Zay Flowers. Having a wide receiver like Zay Flowers does open up his game, and I see why you like him so much. Because he has, he can run routes, but he's like, for me, you can break it down even more. But he kind of reminds me of how, like, you know, teams like the, the yak wide receiver that can get yards after the catch, but he seems real smooth with his route running, too. But yeah, he's, sometimes he's always trying to go for the big play, and he be geeking a little bit. But he's a rookie; he's gonna be way. He's gonna be nice, like in two years. He's good already. Like yeah, he is nice he's already. Running this fire, but like if he makes somebody miss, he can house it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but sometimes it seems like he's always looking for the home run, and that can hold him back a little bit. Sometimes you just got to take what you can get and take it easy. But now he gets down a lot too, though. He does not like how <laughs> down quick. He does not even want to get tackled. <laughs> but if he makes one or two people miss, it, he can house it. Like if he gets a a seam, he's that fast. Yeah, and he's hard to bring down the open field. And I also, oh yeah, well before we disappear, two more things. Uh, Meg the Stallion following up Cobra. She has another single coming out called Hiss. She's mm. keeping up the snake theme. You feeling it? Uh, not really, but it's cool. I like that she's have as a concept. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, as a kid that grew up on concept albums and liking conceptual records, hey, bring it back. Shout out to Megan Thee Stallion. Bring back real rollouts. So maybe her album is going to be a theme about a snake and being betrayed and things like that. I just know that Nisi and them are on her head top. <laughs> to hurry up before they change the dynamic of women rapping, what women want to hear. Yeah, that's true. Because that's what I'm seeing. I was playing Caribou and Anicia for these girls. They weren't really fucking with it. And then TikTok, I'm Caribou, not the one. Uh, I'm the one, definitely not the two, whatever that shit was. The rap radar shit. Oh, yeah, they're freestyle. Now they're not on the radar. They're on the radar, yeah. Now they're on that shit now. So it's funny. And they don't really have to talk about, like, sex and shit at all. Yeah, they're girls being players. So, Meg Thee Stallion, I mean, City Girls are already out of there, but... Yeah, they're done. They're cooked. Meg Thee Stallion, whoever, all the pussy rap girls, they better figure something out before this shit change. And Tierra Whack, she said her debut album, Worldwide Whack, is dropping March 15th, and her single is coming out this Friday as well, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, she's, she's out of there. I mean, 
I mean, nope. I she's out of there. She's talented, but I mean. Whoa, she she has no no one's looking for I that. I heard that no name song where she was like, uh, I can talk about my pussy and like Reaganomics. And the girls were like, What the what is she talking? Oh no, this way over my head. Like she was, you know, oh, oh, Reaganomics. You know, tomorrow she said Reaganomics and yeah. like she was talking about the crack air and stuff. They was just not like I was like, dang, I was trying to I'll talk about her up. No, she's like Andre three thousand. She's like Kendrick, like she's very talented. They yeah. wasn't hearing it at all. So I don't think it can go that far yet for some of the women. Because sometimes women just don't know how to fucking listen to shit all sometimes. <laughs> Not all of them, but they just, they need, they like to move their body more than they like to listen. To well, you can move your body to some street music too, like how Tia Kemp was too. Shout out to her once again. Yeah, you can. She was having hella fun. Yeah, man. Young ladies out there, please learn how to have more fun to a lot of different sounds and vibes, man. It's 2024. And we want more, okay? And it's also a regional thing where we live at. They they just don't really do that here. Yeah. What 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 is it? Is it because they too trying to be too classy? Well, it's a Virginia thing. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm asking. Because it's not a Maryland and DC problem at all. They know how to have fun in street shit. Well, they're just less. They're more like uh like Hillary Banks's. Yeah, this is the suburbs. That's yeah, that's what it is. And it's not like the southern suburbs or like the Michigan. Yeah, true. Like how, like where Jameis Winston is from and stuff. Yeah, I feel like they suburbs, They those girls can get on some shit more. They like, definitely can. I've been down there in Alabama, Birmingham. Hey, they. South, so. Yeah. They like Drake here. Huh? Oh, that's something for everyone. They like Drake here. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they like the mall. Yeah. Like Drake, he's so, and it's funny. He said, what is it? More in it than just banging the pom poms. It really is true. He's so good. He sold this much. He's yeah. Really, he don't talk about nothing. He's good. This is Drake. 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 He's good. He wins. He's like the Cowboys. Yeah. Whoa. He's the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, man. <laughs> but he. I thought he has Super Bowls. He's. We we talked about how he's a top five, top ten rapper of all time. Yeah, he's the Cowboys. Whoa! Has he has any of his last joints been Super Bowls? Nah, his last title was probably twenty sixteen or something. Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been Chopper Soup convos. Y'all stay blessed out there. Have fun in New York, Jamal. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, salute sir. to everybody out there. NFC Championship, AFC Championship. We rocking. Come on, Ravens. Come on, Lions. Let's go. Let's get it. I thought you was gonna when I said let's go, that was for you to rap like the baby again. Flock Nation. Whoa, all right now. Take my dick in the mouth and she does it.